Health Podcast with Ben Canning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. Yo, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. What's up, everybody? I'm Ben Canning. And I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast. I had an, an interesting thought this week. I was like, what are people doing when they're listening to us? Are they driving to work? Are they training? Are they on the train? Like, what are people doing right now when they're listening to us? So if anybody's listening right now, which will be next week, tweet us. Let us know what you're doing, because I'm interested to see what people do when they're actually listening to us. So I'm curious. Do you do you what do you what do you listen to when you're working out? Because I, I hear people that are like I'm listening to a podcast when I'm working out. Like I can't listen to or focus on anything else. Like I I, I first of all I can only focus on one thing at a time. It's a problem in my marriage. Like you know like Aaron's like seriously like I'm like listen I'm trying to make oatmeal right now. I can't focus on a conversation. Like I have to be able to do this one task. Like that's I'm very task oriented. Like there's nothing else happening in my world. One thing. There's you know like Aaron's like what do you think about that? I'm like one thing you know so so i can't listen to a podcast and lift at the same time although i can listen to music and do but i mean i hear people listen to podcasts while they work out but how about you no. what do you what do you listen to when you work out i i could not listen to a podcast whenever i'm lifting no way it is either has to be something that's like totally far off the wall that i just can get into the zone with music or else someone screaming at me like heavy metal sort of type music i guess it depends on the session it depends sort of like if it's legs or lower body day it's like i need someone like to take me to a dark place but like upper body i can sort of get away with like rihanna or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> i was uh there's a there's a place i go to that my, my kids play basketball at it's uh and um in the back they have this this gym area it's called nst or ner- nervous system training and they do uh, all this training for for young kids. And you know, I went during the daytime when there's not a lot of people there. I was going to get uh, some of my kids with some with some shots up. And I hear um, like some screaming, like heavy lifting in the background. And I and I hear uh, Will Smith playing in the background. You know, like like you know, like '90s straight up. You know, like Fresh Prince. It was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on over here? So I walk back there, and I know the guy that runs runs it. His name's Dom. And uh, Dom's literally sitting there doing a one rep max by himself on a bench, listening to to Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And I'm like, dude, are you listening to Will Smith? He's like, oh, it's a Will Smith day. It's a Will Smith day today. Like, his whole playlist was Will Smith. So, <laughs> nice. People listen to weird shit, man. People listen to weird shit. <laughs> I think I think it's just a. To me, it needs to be. Uh, it needs to be music that creates an emotion in some way, shape, or form. So I think like if. For me, with Will Smith, it takes me back to being younger and being a kid. So it's like a feel good sort of thing. So I think that could be. That I yeah. can I can definitely relate to that. And like I said, the you know Slipknot and Slayer and shit like that, they just take me to a dark place that I need to. I'm actually going to maybe go down a bit of a rabbit hole here. But I, so I was training legs last week with Hammy, and as I sort of said, 
Which Helmy's a big boy. Let's just let's just Hell, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. He's very big. Every time you mention Helmy, you gotta mention like he's a big boy, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. Every time I mention him, you have to mention he's a big boy. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, Helmy's yeah. Helmy's a big boy. Um but we, we were training last week in training legs, and I don't know about you, but there's this sort of like almost euphoric feeling whenever I'm training. And it's a strange and I'm, if yeah. there's people here listening going, You're fucking nuts, yes, probably right, but unless you've been there, there's almost like this, like I don't know whether it's the the mind and muscle connection or it's the like it's a sensory thing or it's like the combination of the music and the emotion and the environment or what's going on but i was in a fucking weird place and i had to go and sit in a dark room afterwards but there definitely is like an emotion attached with training um and i think obviously you know being able to train it's just me and him in the place and we're in control of everything that's going on like there is a there is definitely a unique feeling that comes along with training. I don't know whether it's the way that your body's moving or whatever, but yeah. So that was my experience from training legs last week and I have to go and do it all again tomorrow. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. So, you know, Arnold's been famously quoted saying that, uh, you know, the pump or going to the gym is, is Tim is better than sex. The greatest feeling you can get in a gym or the most satisfying feeling you can get in a gym is the pump. Let's say you train your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles, and that's what we call a pump. It's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is, you know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. Which, you know, yeah, hey, whatever. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, it's def- there's definitely something there, right? Because, like, I know even if I'm about to go lift, I'm just, like, dreading ass. You know, it's just like, hey, it's been a long day, and i got to get my lift in. You know, I knew and as soon as I start to get into the lift, I feel a thousand times better, and I'm locked into my zone, and I feel great, Right. And there's something to be said. I, I wish I always say I always wish I could look like what I look like when I got the pump going on because you know it's like I look like this 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 beast of an animal. And then it's like you know you get done, you're like you're no longer this beast anymore. You're like, like where the hell the muscles put go? A, put a in you. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd these go? Where are they at? They're not there anymore. Where are all these veins? Like they're all gone. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But no, there's something to be said about that for sure. You know, for me, for me in music. Uh, it's it's you know I'm like all over the place like I'll be listening to some like Avril Lavigne or something. I know like 90s I know because I listen to your playlist sometimes. And I love, even I, love. I put it on the gym with Helmy and he's like, one minute he's like, oh yeah, and it's something like Nine Inch Nails or something like that, and then the next minute he's like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> Dave's playlist. Dave's playlist. Dave's playlist. <laughs> I'm all over the place, and then you know other other months I'm into like heavy rap, and you know like then I get into like '90s rap. I'm I'm all over the place. The only thing I can explicitly say that is completely banned from my list is country music. I will never listen. <laughs> In the country music <laughs> in any capacity to, to in any capacity music. not not just in general i just won't listen to country so sorry for you country folks out there um you know if you like country that hey more power to you i'm just not a country guy i can't get into it <laughs> well i guess I, I mean i may as well tell the whole story so i was on the leg press it was super heavy it was towards the end of the workout and i was fucked the lights are low so the, the gym split into two rooms there's the leg room and the upper body room and for Man. some reason it's Someday. just always Goals. dark <laughs> yeah. it's always dark in one or the other room so it's generally quite dark so I was feeling fucked and meatloaf I would do anything for love came on like that is an emotional roller coaster. It is. Oh, yeah. so you yeah. can imagine the emotion that I was going through that got that and I was you know hitting PRs and uh, yeah I mean everybody had a good time it was good were you it crying too? I th- close to it like genuinely like there's emotion <laughs> attached there and it's like you know it's I actually think I, mess- I must have messaged you after the session or I tweeted or something but there's definitely yeah there's definitely emotion that comes that comes from training it's like a strange strange I guess I, I mean there's a lot that goes on with it I guess but it's been able to achieve things that you've never achieved yeah. before and then like I said last week knowing that tomorrow I have to go and beat it again like I'm already dreading it 
It's crazy. Yeah, well, first of all, rest in peace, Meatloaf. Uh, he recently yes, passed. Yes, R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. Meatloaf. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, so no, no I, I fully agree. It's that, that intensity, you know, there's no other thing in comparison in your life that's like that, right? There's no, you know, like, I mean, life is challenging in general, you know, with all the things that you have to do, the the mental taxing, the the busyness and all that stuff. But there's there's nothing in life that is like going to the gym and beating yourself like you did the day before, right? And like that, that competition with yourself and making yourself better is something that, that is inexplainable from a feeling perspective. You know, I was just, uh, I was doing, you know, I, I think I sent you a message yesterday, um, but I went and did rack pulls and, you know, like I look at my previous week and I'm like, okay, you know, like volume wise, how much did I do? What did I start off with from, you know, a warm up perspective? Let's try to increase warm up a little bit. Let's try to increase, you know, what I'm doing from a heavy lift perspective, you know, and, and your um, comments, we were, uh, it was a few podcasts ago that really helped me out from the rep ranges perspective. You know, they say that the sweet spots anywhere between three to 12 rep ranges for, you know, uh, strength and, and hypertrophy. And then anything more than that is going to be more on the endurance side of your um, muscle side. So anything like, you know, 15 plus, et cetera. Um, one thing I like, though, that's become really easy is to say, okay, well, last week, let's just say I did, you know, eight reps, right? You know, of, of you know, 600 pounds. I'm just gonna make that up because I didn't do 600 pounds. You didn't do that, uh, but okay, go ahead. I did. I, I, did, I did. I did on the reverse axe squat, by the way. But okay, and then, then okay, I crushed okay, my okay. then I crushed my chest, and I'm still hurting from that. But uh, you know, so um, but uh, uh, when you look at it, and you say, okay, well, I got 600 pounds, and I did you know eight reps. You know, that next week I'll still load 600 and try to get nine, right, and then get 10. And once I get to that like 10, 11, 12 uh, spot. That's where I really increase the weights, right? Um, you know, to get get stronger with what I'm doing, and that that's been really helpful for me and successful. Unless you don't add the plates right when you're you're counting. So yesterday <laughs> I was doing a warm up set, and you know I started off I think at like three fifteen or three twenty five. It was three twenty five because I did three fifteen the week before, and I started at three twenty five. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bump it up to to three sixty five. And I just, for some reason, I was like preoccupied. And so I put two 45s on there and ended up being like four, 405. Um, and so I'm, I'm sitting there doing the rack pulls and I'm doing them and everything's good. I'm like, man, it's fucking heavy. Keep going, keep going. I get 12 reps of 405. And I'm like, and I put it down and I'm like, God, that felt a lot heavier than I remember it feeling. I'm like, I'm, it must be because I pulled my, my my uh, cartilage muscle, you know, car, or not car, but my cartilage in my chest from, from three before. It must be, I'm, I'm not as strong today and so like i'm going through everything i'm like wait a minute and i read the math again i'm like i'm like oh, I'm, I'm such an idiot it's 405 by 12 but the fact that i did 405 by 12 is crazy on a rack pools right so yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it was it was kind of a learning lesson but it's it's also a testament to that you know a lot of this is mental you can push yourself a lot harder than you think um and and you really need to be in that mindset as you're going through so i'm just going to start you know pretending that i'm loading you know, four or five, but it's really going to be four fifty-five. But I'm going to tell myself it's four or five to see if that works in the future. So, <laughs> I think that's just another example of how you can only do one thing at once, loading the bar, and that's it. So you know that the number that's on it. That is it. Like if if I got anything on my head and I'm counting at the same time, those numbers are fucked. Like you know, there's no, there's like I'm. It's, it's going to come out with a completely different number. That like I said, it's it's an issue. Like I just look straight forward to what I'm doing. So <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, even with that, like you said, it's mental. Do you know what I mean? You almost, because of the number on it, you were like, well, I can definitely do 12 at this weight. Okay, yeah, it feels heavy, but I can definitely do it. And then it turns out that it was it was a totally different weight. So a lot of it is um, is mental, I guess. Before we get into the topic that's still a bit sketchy, I want to ask you how your past few days of, well, I guess about a week of training has been after your deload week. 
Good. So, you know, we had a deload week, which, you know, I'm still upset with you. And we had a whole episode of deload, which you heard my miseries and everything that Ben puts me through, you know, from a torture perspective. But um, no, it was it was honestly good to get that that deload weekend. I needed it. I was feeling tired. I was feeling sluggish. I definitely wasn't, you know, my, my body was wore down. And, and I, I definitely came out of it uh, feeling very, very good. And the training's been very good. Now, one thing I did is on my leg day, I was, uh, there's a, I have a, a leg press machine that turns, it's a, a four, four and one. So you can do like leg press, you can do a hack squat, you can do a reverse squat and you can do uh, calf raises. And, um, I, I really like the reverse hack squat, especially after a deadlift, because, you know, deadlift, you're predominantly hitting your glutes and your hammies, you know, some obviously engagement with quads and back. Um, but at the end of the day, glutes and hammies are the main focus of that. And so, um, I'll hit the reverse hack squat to really burn out my glutes and hammies. But what's interesting about that is you're kind of in a, in an incline type of position. And so you can load it up pretty well. And one thing that I found out last week that's interesting is that your muscles may be adequate enough uh, to handle the weight and you might be able to do the weights, but your body as a whole may not be able to handle that weight, uh, most specifically like bone density and cartilage. And so one thing I noticed is when I was going up, I felt like you know, I loaded 600 pounds on this reverse hack squat. I noticed that uh, it felt like it was crushing my chest and it wasn't a, a muscle pain uh, in, in any stretch. My muscles were able to handle it. And I did, I did 12, you know, sets of 600 pounds of, of, you know, or not 12 sets, 12 reps of 600 pounds. Um, you know, you know, fairly easy. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, crazy hard and I was able to accomplish it. But then I noticed afterwards that um, underneath my breastbone, basically, Anytime I breathe in or I moved around, it just started to hurt. So I'd actually cracked some cartilage uh, in my chest, and that's been a little bit um, hard. Uh, you know, it, it, it hurts. It really hasn't inhibited uh, much of my my um, training. But I think, you know, the lesson there is, you know, one, obviously make sure when I'm going in, I'm breathing appropriately to handle that. But two, maybe, you know, uh, lessen the weights a little bit into more reps because that is a lot of weight um, that's kind of pushing down directly on your body at one point in time. So... But other than that, uh, things have been good. Uh, one thing that you know I've been working on uh, a lot of is uh, my calorie counting and getting more refined uh, with my calories. You know that's something that you know I said as a promise to me that I'm always going to count calories. You know one of the things that you know I'm, I, I haven't done necessarily as well is um, you know being very accurate with my calorie counting. I think. And so I've been getting more refined on that, uh, which has been really good. And I've been very successful with that this last week. So some good good strides forward. Uh, no real steps back. I've been increasing a, an ass ton in weight, uh, which is great. So uh, good all around. How about you, man? How are you doing? Yeah, really, really good. I, I actually sort of revisited when you asked me last week and I was feeling that good. And I sort of felt bad because I was I was such a on such a high with everything and you were like well yeah i got a deal week so fuck you but uh <laughs> no everything's really really yeah, good. good and one thing that i, I want to touch on that you you mentioned there is you know whenever you're talking about not being fully refined in your calories or whatever it's more that the you know if you were to pick up something like one of the kids or a pretzel or it wasn't counting all those bits so it wasn't like you were just totally taking the piss with food it's like all yeah. those little extras that can add up over time that um yep. that we're just sort of refining it on but yeah everything's good with me um I mean, training's good, food's good, work is really good. A lot of new people have come on um, in terms of the team, which is really, really good to see. Um, awesome. P 
people from all over the world, a guy in Australia, someone having people having conversations with people in Dubai and then even some people in the UK again, which was kind of strange this morning because I was like, I haven't spoke to somebody with a UK accent in a long time because I was always speak to you guys all the time. But yeah, everything's really, really good. Um, absolutely zero complaints at all. That's awesome. Yeah, things are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I want to get into before we actually get into it, and this is a conversation I had with someone last week, that he, it basically the guy, you know, he came to me, he's obviously he feels like he's out of shape and he wants to get in better shape. And he was like, why does no one tell you? Why does no one have the balls to tell you whenever you're getting out of shape? Like, how can they let me get this out of shape that they don't let me know on the way? And I think that's quite an interesting point because I've had similar conversations with clients when I used to work one-to-one on the gym floor. And, you know, the funny thing is that people are quick to say, you know, oh, like I'm, I'm related to myself whenever I was, you know, prepping for a photo shoot or whatever. People are quick to say like, oh, you need a burger, you're getting too skinny. But no one's ever going to turn around and you say, oh, you need a salad, you're getting too fat. And where, like, what, at what point does one become better than the other? Or why is one more socially acceptable than the other? Yeah, this might be a touchy subject, you know, to, to talk through, at least here in the States, it's kind of polarizing, right? Which is, you know, obviously the thing on, on body shaming is a, is a big deal. And, you know, there, I think there's a difference between body shaming and then what's healthy, you know, and, and you know, when I say this, please don't take this in, in a negative context or the wrong way. Um, you know, it's not healthy to be obese, right? In, in any way, shape or form. It's, in, I mean, you. I'm not saying you look bad obese, you know, and, and you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm fat shaming in any way, shape or form. I was obese, you know, and, and I was in the same boat where no one would say, Hey, you're overweight. You're just big boned or whatever. Um, I think there's a sensitivity there, uh, for a lot of folks because, you know, weight is something that everybody struggles with, or at least a lot of people, uh, struggle with. Right. And I don't think people choose to be obese. Uh, you know, it's, it's really effing hard to not be when, you know, your primary crutch crutch is food. Um, and we have so much availability of food and food is literally engineered to make us more hungry, you know, with, with all the food that we have available to us. So, you know, I don't, you know, when I say obese isn't healthy, I'm just saying scientifically, it puts a huge tax on your body, right? You know, you have an increased risk of cancer, diabetes, you know, heart disease, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on and on. It is not healthy. And, you know, so I think it's a taboo subject for people to say, hey, you're overweight. Let me help you because you don't want to offend them. Right. And and, and that's a, a very delicate subject. To say. I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but it is definitely something that, that you know, like I, I see folks all the time that might be a friend or things like that. And, and, and you know, obviously they may be struggling with weight and, you know, they're talking about, you know, doing a, a, a fad diet and those types of things. And while I know a lot about how they could be successful at the same time, I'm apprehensive of coming off and, you know, being like, Hey, I'm mansplaining this to you or, you know, like I'm, I'm going through and I'm, give, I'm, I'm, you know, preaching from the box of what you should do. And this is what's best for you. I don't ever want to come off like that. Right. So, you know, for me, I feel like someone has to ask me for help before I will provide feedback to them. And and I get that same way too. Like when I get some bro that's on there saying, oh, you need to do this better. You need to tweak this or you need to breathe twice before you do this and do that. I'm like, you know, F off, dude. I didn't ask for your advice. You know, like I don't want your advice. And so I try to relate that back to the same person that may be struggling with weight is like, I don't want you telling me what to do with my weight. Like this is my body and I'll figure it out, right? So, you know, I think there's a lot of, taboo there because you don't want to offend somebody 
Um, you know, but at the same time, I think the person has to recognize, hey, there's a problem here. You can correct it. It's not fucking easy. Um, that's two F's, F words that I've used. That I've been, I said I was going to. Fuck um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Canning. Um, but uh, uh, you know, so, um, it's one of those things where, you know, I really think, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult subject for a lot of people to address or talk to because of the sensitivity around it. Yeah. And I fully get that. And, you know, I would never be in a position that, that I would ever say to someone. And I remember actually a client of mine, when I worked in the gym floor, she came to me and uh, a coach at the time had reached out to her on LinkedIn and whatever way the, the message was worded, it was almost as if like, oh, you need my help kind of thing. And that's like, I mean, that's not the way to go about getting clients. Definitely not in any way, shape or form. But I guess my point is that, you know, people wouldn't think twice about saying to someone that they're getting too skinny or, you know, and I've been, I've been that person myself with people like, Oh, you need to go and eat a steak or eat a burger. You're getting too skinny. And I'm like, it's still body shaming one way or the other. It's just one seems to be more socially acceptable than another. And I think it's maybe just a case of people feel that it's okay because necessarily that person has something that they want in some shape or form. But I just thought it was an interesting point of conversation to have because I definitely have seen it myself from, you know, from one side, but I definitely, you know, I wouldn't be the person to dish it out on the other side. Well, you know, what's interesting, I I can actually remember a conversation that I had with uh, one of my good friends, Dave DeSimon. Uh, Dave, you know, like... uh, Another Dave? Dave. Another Dave. Daves are awesome, man. Daves are the best. You got to change your name. Um, Hey, listen, I'll give you a Dave pass. You can just become an honorary Dave. Honorary Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll have it be a Dave pass. Um, No, my my buddy Dave DeSimon, um, you know, I've known him for, gosh, probably 15 years. We've worked in various capacities together, um, you know, at at different places. And he's followed me kind of along my career. I followed him along his career. And, um, you know, Dave, um, it it wasn't fairly recent, maybe a year or two ago. He was like, man... He's like, I, when I saw you, I didn't see you like in a, a, a massively overweight person. I just saw you kind of as Dave. But when you look back at where you were then and where you are now, he's like, it's such a different person. I can't even believe you were, you were like that. So I also think there's a normality that happens when you meet some, somebody that is overweight too, where you're like, maybe at first you're like, man, you know, they, uh, they made, to lose, made to lose a couple pounds. But at the end of the day, you just, you, you stop, you know, you're not really judging somebody you know, and you're like, hey, that's them. That's who they are, and that's the, you know, you you get to be that person. You get to know that person. So that person is always there. You're not looking at them from a weight perspective. But you know, I look back at when I was dating Aaron, and you know, I was dating Aaron when I was in the Marines, and I was you know skinny fat then, right? You know, because I was running a million miles a day in the Marines, structure your food programs and everything else. And then as soon as I got out, I ballooned up. I'm like, man, Aaron, I I'm so sorry I got to that point. <laughs> and, and her response back was, honestly it's not something like I, I particularly noticed because it happened over time and you know, you're my partner and all those other things, but it's like, I'm obviously glad where you are now. So, you know, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where I think, I think you lose focus. So you don't notice it as much because you're with them on a regular basis. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm not mad about it, but I'm glad you fixed it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. okay well, one, cool. of, one of, one of our neighbors, one of our neighbors said to Aaron, she's like, She's like, oh my god, you got a you got a whole new husband there. That's impressive. Like she's like, she's like, that that you got to be happy. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's actually really awesome. So you know, <laughs> it's like Chris. Chris said that his his wife went to do the the meal or something last week, and and the girl at the counter uh, mentioned about how good he's looking. <laughs> now Chris isn't allowed to leave the house because he's so. so <laughs> <laughs> but even that like that's you know those comments obviously are, are 
you know, the, whenever other people recognize it and things like that, like it obviously makes it, it, it worthwhile, but it's not obviously the main reason that we do it. And I guess that sort of transitions us in nicely to what we want to sort of touch on today. And again, this, this sort of naturally came off the back of a comment that I had with a client recently that I want to sort of just delve in a bit deeper as to what this whole journey has been able to unlock for both of us beyond just what we do from a training and nutrition anesthetics perspective, like what we've been able to achieve or things that have progressed or opportunities that we've had that we maybe wouldn't have had if we weren't so disciplined or on the ball or with everything that we're doing from a training and nutrition perspective. Um, Cause for me, you know, it, it literally changed my life. Like it totally changed the trajectory of my life based on career and whatever else. But I guess, you know, I often try and explain this whenever I'm on an initial call or something and I can tell, I can tell some people sort of get it. I can tell people who've been there before that totally get it. And I can tell some people just look at me like, what the fuck is this guy smoking? <laughs> like what did he smoke before he came on the call here? But it's a difficult one to explain if you have ne- have never been in that position. And I just want to sort of, I guess, get into a bit of a discussion about your thoughts on that. And I think, I think you and I've had this discussion before that I always used to say, you know, if you're training and nutrition are aligned, everything else in life is that little bit easier. And someone put it back to me last year and they said, it's the discipline. It's the discipline that you have in your training and nutrition that is a transferable skill that starts to sort of filter into every other aspect of your life. So if you have discipline with this one thing or two things, you're training and nutrition, then you become more disciplined and everything else seems to be a bit more manageable. Well, well first, I want to start by giving you a congratulations. So you had, you had sent me a picture uh, uh, on the day I think you started your your PT journey, right? Um, and and it was a picture of you when you first started, and it was it was definitely Skinny Ben, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, it definitely was. I'll maybe tweet it so people can see what we're talking about. <laughs> and and you know the progress that you know the commitment that you decided that day, you know, and and you talked about how you you know, been working several jobs and things like that. And, and one day you just quit and said, I'm going to go and do this for myself and I'm going to go and, and commit myself to it. It's very, very similar to, to my experience when I started trusted sec, you know, it's like, I'm going to quit my perfectly good job, stable job. You know, I have twins on the way, you know, it's one of those perfect, things where perfect time to do it. <laughs> you could, you might. Yeah. Yeah. I hit the hit enter button. I'm sorry. Um, again, I'm supposed to be a technology person and I screw things up all the time. Um, but one of those things where, where you know, I, I just want to give you credit because, you know, you took a leap of faith and trusted yourself and committed yourself to something that, you know, had been previously unobtainable, right? And yes, we talk a lot about the weight aspects around, you know, being obese or overweight, but you had a conversely opposite problem, which was, you know, you were extremely skinny and extremely small, right? You know, like I would not feel threatened by by little Ben, all right? Now, current Ben, but I definitely the, think of the, you as like an alpha male type of guy, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but the f- the flip side of that as well, if we had had our initial call, and I was that guy, you wouldn't have had the same trust in have. me as a coach. No, no. So there's no way. So that even that, you know, what that has been able to allow me to do by just changing how I physically am in my career is, you know, that's why I'm in this position that I'm in. I'll tell you one of one of the things when we we're when I was looking at PTs was um, or personal trainers was you know like before and after pictures were a big thing for me you know like and and that's important because 
you know, you want to see previous successes. Like, hey, is this some some dude off of the the you know street that doesn't know what he's doing, and he's going to get me into this program? It's going to fuck me all up. And believe me, I'm already at a completely different mental state right now, and I can't handle another failure. You know, and I think we you talked a lot about the trust that you're giving in that, right? You're getting a lot of folks that have failed, you know, their entire life at weight, right? You know, in, in every which way, shape, or form. I, I guarantee you, people that come to you have already tried dieting. You know, they've already tried working out. They've already tried eating healthy. You know, they've already tried making these adjustments and changes, and they fail, right? And, and I and I I'm right there. I was right there when I when I met with you, right? I I failed in every aspect of my weight loss journey. And um, you know, so when I when I look at a PT, I'm like, okay, well, you know, what what successes have they had with other people, right? And and what do they look like is important too. Like if you know, I'll give you a prime example of my doctor, and I love my doctor; he's amazing. Okay, be my PCP, funny guy. We always talk about smoking meats, and like there was one time where I think I was cooking a a, a brisket, and it came in basically smelling like like a brisket. Uh, and and he's like, "Man, you smell really good." He's like, and he just starts smelling me. You know, I'm like, "Dude, this is awesome." You know, my doctor's sitting there sniffing my coat because I smell like meats. You know, but uh, he's a funny guy. He's just you know, and and, and you know, super supportive of my entire journey. And, you know, but at the same time, he's, he's, he's overweight, right? And he struggles with weight and he's no different than me in my journey because, you know, he's, he's a human being. We all are predisposed to our genetics. We're predisposed to what we eat. We're predisposed to life. We're predisposed to distractions. We're predisposed to everything. And, and also I'll, you know, think about the last two years with COVID, you know, when I, whenever I'd come in and ask him, he was so upbeat and chipper. And every time I talked to him now, he's like, you know, I'm getting by. Right. You know, because of everything that's going on with COVID and, you know, the stress that it's had in the medical system. So, you know, I feel for those folks uh, day in and day out for the, what they've had to endure during these periods of time. But, you know, what was interesting about, about that is, you know, what he said to me was, you know, I came back and got my blood work done and everything was perfect, like literally spot perfect. There was not a room for improvement in any area whatsoever. Even my, so I, I did um, a, a thing called Inside Tracker. And uh, you get your blood work done, I think, every three months. Uh, and they do micronutrient and macronutrient testing. And even my micronutrients were spot on. Like, you know, I had perfect amount of iron and everything else. And my cholesterol was perfect. And, you know, my doctor looks at my testosterone levels. And I ride my testosterone levels a little bit higher uh, now. And he's like, dude, he's like, they're perfect. He's like, he's like that's a perfect zone for you. Because look, at your hemoglobins are down. Your cholesterol is down. He's like, those are the two areas that you really want to focus on. Uh, you know, when you're looking at, um, you know, testosterone that could have a potentially Im- impact in your red blood cell count, um, and, and, um, you know, your cholesterol levels and yours are spot on perfect. So keep doing what you're doing. You're at a perfect spot that's optimized for your body. And he said to me, he's like, Hey, do you have any advice? <laughs> because he saw my transformation, right? He's like the person you are today. First of all, he hadn't seen me in a year. And he's like, oh my god! He's like, you look like Superman. He's like, this is awesome. He's like, I'm, I'm, he's like, he's, he starts feeling my shoulders. I'm like, Doc, this is getting a little weird. He's like, no, it's okay. It's just, I'm just checking your muscle mass. You're fine. Um, but uh, um, and then I do the cough thing, which is even weirder. But you know, I hate that. Um, but hey, it's a physical exam, so whatever. But um, you know, he he uh, uh, um, you know said like what you've accomplished in the past few years is, is short of miraculous because of the person you were then and what you are now is very different. But going back to the, the whole PT thing of what I was explaining to you, like seeing you was very motivational because I knew that you put the time into yourself like you would the rest of, of everybody else. 
And then obviously the the mutual success factors, the trust, you know, how you care about people, all that stuff came into play. But I mean, it's again, a testament to what you've done and how you've been able to build yourself up and, and vice versa, what I've been able to take off and then eventually, you know, build back up with even stronger. Yeah. And funny story about you just saying about your doctor asking for advice. So somebody hit my car <clears throat> over the weekend. So I was on the phone to the insurance guy and the guy was like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, online coach. And he was like, well, what is that? Uh, a PT. It's a PT. And he goes, oh, so I go to the gym and any advice? And we get into this whole conversation, like 20 minutes on me giving this guy advice on the phone about the gym. And I'm like, dude, what can I get my fucking car sorted first? Like, if you want to book him for a consultation, <laughs> you've got my number, just phone me. He's like, no, we can't, we can't use your information. <laughs> it's like, so you're just giving this guy a consultation on the phone about, about his training when I'm trying to get my car sorted. But uh, yeah, so, and I guess that, that sort of touches on the, the subject that we mentioned before. Like, I don't think PTs or coaches need to be, you know, in shape or like shredded or photo shoot ready all year round. But I definitely think they have, have, have had to have been through some sort of journey at some point. So whether it's, you know, weight loss or muscle building or whatever, like, cause they need to, they need to understand what the process is like. like they need to understand what you're going to struggle with and they need to understand like what it's like on the ground floor to actually go through these things. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't necessarily need to be a 24 seven thing, but they need to have some, level of of whatever they're trying to prescribe for you guys or their yeah. clients or whatever else within their life or it's just like okay you go and do this thing but i'm just gonna fucking eat cheeseburgers all day do you know what i mean oh and i think it comes down to maybe maybe the fact of of what we're doing here is a kind of a, our own belief system right where you look at politics you look at uh, uh religion you look at food you know you look at, at various things and, and various things become kind of your your focus or your obsession for lack of a better term and there's actually a really good huberman labs podcast on 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 obsession and addiction and and weight training is is in its sense a, a habit of addiction in in many cases um you mentioned the euphoric aspects around you know weight training and and the obsession around you know compulsory eating and things like that and not eating you know bad things you know, it really is an addiction in sense of, of obviously a, a positive one um, that has a lot of great impact to to your life, long longevity, and everything else that goes along with it. But at the end of the day, you have to bite off on this, and you have to be motivated by something, right? And I think those are the things that that make this this successful. Is that you know, I I, I saw recently on social media, someone had asked in the WeHack Health uh, stream around, you know, how do I get myself out of this feeling that when I go to the gym, it's a chore and that I hate my life and that I don't want to be there. And, you know, and I'm, I'm very demotivated. And the truth of the matter is, you know, the more you do that, the less that becomes a chore. Right. And, and there's a, a lot of, a lot of great things in the Hebrew and last podcast about, talks about habits and how you need to break those, but continuously going through those cycles will help that, but that will help you start to start to shift your mindset to be more proactive in the fact that, Hey, this is a good thing. Then you start to get that euphoric feeling or the feeling of accomplishment as things go along. You know, it doesn't mean that there's bumps in the road. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to fail. There's times where I've sent to Ben and like, dude, it's been six months. I'm not making any progress. You're like, dude, look at week one versus six months from now. I'm like, oh shit. You know, like, oh my God, like I'm just a different person. Okay, never mind. I, I'm, I'm an idiot. But, uh, you know, um, look at those changes, you know, incrementally. You know, this is a long term journey, but you have to focus yourself on, on wanting to improve. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about the, the seeing training and seeing the gym as a chore. And obviously, you know, I've mentioned it, I've touched on it a couple of times that to me, 
I have the ability to do it, and that is a privilege that some people do not have, and I right. will always utilize that as much as possible. The flip side of that is that, you know, if it's something that you don't enjoy, you don't need to go to the gym. If you're For whatever your goal is, you don't need to go to the gym, or potentially you just maybe need to do a different program. And I think that Matt, who was on the, the podcast a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, he, he put up a reel on Instagram recently that, you know, having some level of enjoyment in a workout or a training plan will infinitely increase the client's level of adherence. And that's ultimately what we want because we don't want you to like regret or we don't want you to struggle to get through it. We want you to actually enjoy it and we want you to adhere to it and get the results. And, you know, there definitely needs to be, if there's a trade-off between what's optimal to get the maximum result versus what is potentially going to make you enjoy it, that little bit more and adhere to it better, then I'll take that trade-off all day long. Um, it's funny that, you know, you talk there about the, the addictiveness of, or the addiction of the obsession. Like, and again, we've touched on it before, but I have an addictive personality and obviously this is a, a much more healthy addiction. But one of the things that I sort of wanted to, to touch on with what training and what this whole journey has been able to give me is a confidence thing. And I think back, like, I don't ever feel like I wasn't a confident person. Now, if I think back, potentially a lot of it was a fake confidence due to whatever substance or alcohol or whatever. But I don't, I've never felt like, oh, I'm not confident. It was just in a different way. But now, you know, I have the confidence to, we did the spaces on Friday. I can, you know, talk to anybody about anything. I can jump on calls with anybody. We can do the podcast. And, you know, it's more of a, a confidence in myself and my knowledge and my belief and what I can actually do to help people rather than, you know, that confident as in just, or, you know, cocky side of confidence. It's more of a, uh, I guess it's more of a knowing who I am and what I believe in that this has allowed me to do versus just a, a confidence thing. Yeah, I think I think confidence is something that I've lacked my entire life. Um, you know, not to get too much into the 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 background of myself, but you know, ever since I was a young kid, you know, parents moved around from place to place. Place I had amazing parents, by the way, always moving to try to better my life and everything else. Um, but you know, I, I was heavily bullied in school, um, got beat up all the time, you know, was always continuously fighting, uh, never had friends, you know, that type of stuff, antisocial. So confidence was always a major issue with me and, and body dysmorphia, I think is what it's called, you know, where you just look at yourself as just, you know, not good. I always had confidence issues there. Um, and even through the Marines, you know, I think the Marines built a lot of my confidence up, but it was never. I would say at a nominal level, um, you know, for me to talk to the opposite sex of species, um, you know, was, was a very difficult and challenging for me to do. And eventually how the hell I met Aaron, I have no idea. Um, but, uh, like, I wouldn't even know if a girl was hitting on me, if she was like literally right in front of me saying I'm hitting on you, I would have no clue. Like, I just have no idea. I'm completely oblivious in every way, shape or form to any social cues whatsoever that happened to that. So the fact that I got married and had kids is a miracle in itself. Um, Good job. But, uh, Good job. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Made it. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and so, you know, you, you look at it and you say, okay, well, I've always had this, this confidence issue um, with me. And I, and I want to quote a, a Mark Twain comment here that, that I thought was really cool because it kind of summarizes how I perceive myself, which is, you know, we walk around all of our, this is Mark Twain. Uh, we walk around all of our lives thinking about things that will never happen. We worry, dread, and fear what hasn't happened or what will probably never happen. Our minds are out of control. Our heads are filled with negative thoughts that have no bearing on reality, even if we think they do. And I think, you know, for me, 
Um, you know, mine was always, I was always self-conscious about my weight. I was always self-conscious about how I looked. Um, and, and, and I always didn't like how I looked or who I appeared. And even to the extent of my voice, um, you know, even up until recently, I wouldn't ever listen to myself on the news. If I'm on the TV, you know, I would, I'd never go back and listen to myself. I get embarrassed if I hear myself talk or presenting at a conference. And, you know, one thing I found myself doing recently that I've, I've never done before is actually re going back and listening to these podcasts um, because there's so much good information here. And I learned something new. I'm like, Hey, and there's actually a funny, funny story. Like I'll actually learn new things, even though I was on the podcast. I'm like, I don't remember us talking about that. That's weird. You know, like, but, but one thing that this, this weight journey has, or I'm sorry, this, this, this fitness journey has done for me has absolutely established my confidence. I am a confident person, um, both in life, uh, you know, at home, you know, in, in my work. Um, and it's not because of my body image. It's, it's, I, I now have self-respect for myself. Um, that I can, that I know I can accomplish anything if I really try. And, and this is the first time in my life I think I've ever had that. And you know, we can talk about the other benefits aside from aesthetics that make a big difference in this, in this as well. You know, the mental clarities, everything else that goes along with that, your, your confidence obviously is a big component of it. But one thing I've always lacked my entire life was confidence. And, and I can say for the first time in my life, I actually have that. Um, and it's something that, that, you know, I'm very confident in what I do and how I do things. And, uh, it's just been, been an awesome journey and transition from where I used to be. And people might say, you know, like, like people might say, Dave, I've, I've known you for years. You know, you've always been confident up on stage or talking in front of large groups of people. Believe me, you have no idea. Like, like at DerbyCon when I run the conferences, I would literally have to go upstairs halfway through the day and take a nap because I was so overly exhausted um, from from like social anxiety and things like that that I had to just you know desensitize myself because I was always you know self confident or uh, la- lacking the self confidence in myself. So I always you know put on a a, a a shroud of looking like that, but I never was. And uh, so I can say again that's that's very much drastically changed over over the past year. So it's well two things. Number one. How the fuck have you been so successful in your life and everything that you've done with business and everything else and someone who who hasn't been confident in that? Like you obviously have had to have some belief in your systems in yourself somewhere that you're like, I know I can achieve these things and you know, building businesses and everything else. Like you must have had something in that. I guess it's it's different than confidence, but there definitely must have been something in you that you knew that you could achieve these things. I think I think I think having a support system has been the most important thing for me. And so let's let's look back at let's let's look back just recently on my journey with with you, Ben. Mm-hmm. You know that support system of of a community, the support system of having somebody like you, right? You know that has been very successful for me. Support system with my wife when I first started Trusted Second, her belief in me. You know those those things um, have a big impact. Belief in yourself is a little bit different. You know when you when you are like, hey, I want to go and I want to start my own business. You know, I'm like, but it's probably not going to work and I'm probably going to fail. But then you talk to your your significant other or somebody that's supportive of you and they say, I believe in you, right? That's a that's a bold statement because now it's not just you that's in charge of that. It's also your partner that's in charge of that as well or somebody that you confide in or somebody that you have a good relationship with. So I think the support system for me has been everything that has made that success, right? Then that's why I'm so very thankful for people in the community and why I always want to help out others in the community because they have been there so much for me throughout my entire career. 
um, and been so supportive of me throughout my entire career that I feel like I owe everybody, you know, my success because of the support that they've given me. And, and it's more than that. I mean, I like helping other people, but at the end of the day, I feel very um, indebted uh, to individuals because of, of, of how well they've helped me throughout my journeys and my, my issues and, you know, things that I've had to deal with. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for that as well of, you know, it's just somebody who comments under a picture or somebody who sends you a message. Like it doesn't need to be anything, you know, they don't need to come up and totally change your life and tell you X, Y, and Z, but you know, just like a comment or the support or continued support, like you see the people who are doing it on a regular basis. And I think that, you know, it may be a small thing for someone to say, oh, you know, nice job or looking good or whatever, but it could be a massive thing to the person on the other side of it that's receiving it. And I think that that's, that's why the We Hack Health and somebody this morning called it a movement. They were like, I've been following the We Hack Health movement. I was like, it is a fucking movement. I knew it. <laughs> but I think that's why it's been so successful because it's people supporting other people. But I also think on a, on a smaller scale within the group, and you saw it earlier on, like, you know, Chris posted a picture of himself, you know, this week he's been recording something. And then Scott went and got us before and afters and like the sort of support that comes off the back of that. I think there's a lot to be said of. Just people turning around and saying fucking nice job do you know what i mean so there's a lot there's a lot that comes off the back of that my second question is you know obviously you know and this is maybe a bit more personal but you talked about when you were younger and bullying and whatever else is there not a part of you now that's like ha fuck you guys <laughs> look at me now you know i don't know i don't know if it's like the f you guys you know type of thing it's it's more so you know I wish I could go back to young Dave and say, Hey, things are going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing that I look back at because like it was very uncertain times for me back then. You know, I didn't have any confidence in myself. I didn't think I was going to be successful. I mean, I don't even think my parents thought I was going to be successful in any way, shape or form, just, you know, based on my motivation and who I was and, you know, just, you know, the shit that I had to go through, um, you know, day in and day out. So I think, you know, I'm not a, a vengeful person. And in fact, I'm actually friends with some of the bullies that, that I had back in high school. I, you know, back in high school, it's like, you know, we're kids, everybody's, you know, kind of crazy. And I also, you know, I came from a very, you know, poverty stricken, uh, you know, area. I lived in inner city schools, you know, where the net medium income was, was 30,000, which, you know, there's 30,000 today, which is 20,000 less than the net medium income, you know, in the nation. So, you know, I grew up very poor in nature and I didn't notice it. You know, my parents were always, again, super supportive and, you know, I remember, you know, mom trying to figure out how to make, make, make monthly rents and that type of stuff and taking up side jobs and second jobs and, you know, on computers. And that's how I got interested in computers. And, you know, I look at that and say, well, those, those, those kids, you know, were expressing anger and rage in their lives because they had horrible upbringings as well. And to be truthfully honest, I had a much better upbringing, even though I was bullied and picked on and beat up on and that type of stuff than, than they ever did. So it's it's more of a sympathy thing for for them than it is, you know. Uh, uh, hey, I'm, you know, look at me now. Um, now it does feel good that I, I made it, you know, and I, I've been able to build a successful career, and I'm there for my family, and I'm involved in my family, and I've you know all these great things that are that are happening in my life, you know. But at the end of the day, I think you know if I could go back, I always think about that in my head. It's like if I had a time machine, I would just go back to young Dave, and be like, dude do exactly what you're doing right now and don't look back like you know like you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna have bumps in the road but you know you're gonna you're you gonna got this great. you got, you got this. this you know Young that's Dave the biggest this. thing right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you would you go would you go back in time what would you tell what would you tell young ben i you know what i and i think about this myself like 
I wouldn't change anything because every experience, every mistake, everything that I've ever done, anybody that I've ever pissed off, anybody that I've ever whatever, it, all of those things have led me to right here, right now. And I'm yeah. I'm happy with the person that I am right now and the things that I'm doing and what I'm able to achieve. And, you know, if one thing had to change 20 years ago or whatever, would I be in somewhere different than I am now potentially? And I'm like, you know, that's why I often say that, you know, if I talk about... <sighs> If I could change something in my training career, it's not a regret because, you know, every, literally everything, every day, every minute, every hour has led me to this person that I am now. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I mean, it's obviously slightly different because I used to just go out and fucking party all the time and I had a lot of good fun. And some of the guys, like my friend Ali, you know, talked to him on the phone every single day and he, he would talk about like, fuck, do you remember this happened? I'm like, yeah, like, so we had a lot of good times doing the stuff. Would I go back and do it now? Probably not, but I would change it for the world because it sort of led me to every experience that so I have. So you are today, right? That's, yeah, 100%. That's like, yeah. It's like you always hear that thing of like, what's the one thing that you would change if you can go back in time? I'm like, not a damn thing. No, like, you know, definitely like, not. Like that, that's who I am today. That, these experiences have made me who I am today. Yeah, yeah. No, I fully agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and I, one, I think it's an important thing to note, you know, what you're talking about. And anybody who, you know, is going through anything that, they're getting a shit time from someone else or whatever. I think it's important to note, and this is something that I, I picked up on quite a few years ago, that it's it's more about that person than it is in you. You know, whether it's fucking giving you a hard time at work or whether it is bullying or whatever it is, it's it's that person that is going through the thing and they're just projecting that out on you and that's that's where the, the issue lies. And I think if you can sort of learn that and accept that and it's not necessarily your problem or about you then you sort of just let them them do their thing and and realize that it says more about them as a person than it does you yeah what's interesting about that too um most recently there was a a bullying situation at school with one of my kids uh my kids aren't bullying they'd get their asses whooped um but uh um one of my one of my there's a kid at school that's bullying one of my kids and you know your first reaction as a parent is let me go find that parent and go you know like 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 you know go go to toe to toe um but obviously that's not the right solution i'm just you know just joking there but uh you know you you, you start to figure out who this kid is and you know you start to realize you know you hear stories around how this kid has been been treated throughout his his life you know uh, abuse and doesn't have any parents and he's basically living with his grandparents and you know came from inner city and his you know he lost his parents because he was getting beat every day and it's like yeah you know mace you know let me let me put this in perspective for you right you know you have a very good life here where you know you have loving parents that support you and want you to be successful and have the best interests at heart not everybody else ha has that. And, you know, it, it took a lot for him to, I think, kind of realize that. But, you know, at the end of the day, he started feeling sorry for this kid, right? You know, uh, and, and his upbringing, even though the kid's lashing out at him and going after him a lot. And, and obviously, that's not appropriate, you know, and, you know, we'll have the school kind of address that and that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, this, this kid has not had a good life, right? And, and you have to kind of remember that of, you know, hey, not everybody has a great life. Um, you know, we all go through various struggles. And, you know, Mason said to me, it was, it was yesterday, he's like, Daddy's like, you know, you tell me about your stories about, you know, when you were bullied, and he's like, that's nowhere near in comparison to to mine. I said, Mason, no, that's not that's not true, bud. Like your your struggles are your struggles, man. You know, and those struggles are important to you, and they're they're big for you. It doesn't mean that they're any less important or less important than what mine were. Those are the struggles of the time, right? And those those are kind of who forge us for today. And you know, and and so you know, as adults, we run through those same things. Like we all struggle with different things, whether it's a divorce or you know, struggling at work or 
you know, we're struggling with our health. I mean, all these different things compound into what equates to our mental health, what equates to our physical health. And all of these things are so intertwined to how we actually operate and work on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, it's up to us to break that cycle if we are in a bad situation. You know, um, if, if you're in a toxic marriage, you know, yes, it's painful to go through a divorce, but is that the best thing for you long-term? Probably, right? You know, same thing for, you know, from a health journey perspective, you know, is, you know, do you want to live longer for your family and for your kids? You know, and, and, you know, my answer to that is yes. So I'm going to go through the steps that are harder to go and do that. So that I'm there longer for my kids. And, you know, even my doctor's like, dude, you're doing this amazingly for your kids. He's like, you're going to be there for your kids. He's like, you're already coaching your kids basketball. You're doing this, you're doing that. You're already there for your kids. You're going to be there even longer. He's like, this is what it's all about. And so you look at it and you say, what are the benefits of this, this fitness journey? Right. I can tell you mental wise, I've never been sharper from a brain perspective. I've never been sharper from a, a how I feel um, on a regular basis. I feel amazing and great. I think I sent you a message earlier today that I wasn't feeling amazing and great after my cardio, but that's just a very small piece in time. Um, but you know, those things make a huge difference in your quality of life, you as a person, your confidence, your physique, everything. They're all compounded into how you look at everything in life. Yeah, I think the the point to note on what you're saying about struggles is, and I don't know if it was a, I think it was on Instagram. I see it as like choose your struggles, like, and you know, if you use weight loss as a, as a as an example, you know. It's a struggle day to day for people who are overweight. It's also a struggle to lose weight. So you choose your struggle in that. And again, if you talk about the, the marriage situation, you know, it's a struggle to go through a divorce, but it's also a struggle to be in a shitty relationship. So you choose your struggle in that. And I think it's, you know, like we said before, you know, it's, it's a choice. Everything in life is a choice and it's down to you to sort of make that choice. And I think a good point to, to note is, and I guess we probably haven't really discussed this quite a lot, but it's obviously the, <coughs> The parenting side of things and again i talk about this quite a lot with clients on their initial calls and and you know a lot of you guys like there's a lot of and you know obviously because i'm a, a parent myself that your thought process on everything kind of changes when you become a parent and you know why we do things and i laughed before that you know i used to do this for a vanity metric because i wanted to look a certain way but now you're talking about health and longevity and you know setting an example and i think you know there's a lot to be said for the knowledge that we can sort of give and you know you mentioned that the kids wanted to go and work out with you recently so you know there's a lot to sort of be said about we do this for ourselves yes but ultimately it's to set a good example to be here for longer to be healthier and you know to be able to keep up with the kids whenever the you know all hoppers to you and it's she's hard to keep up with already but you know it's it's about what you can do long term for them and you know set an example and had this conversation actually with my mum earlier that uh, we were talking about I was talking about a call I was on earlier on. I was talking about the importance that I feel like no matter what you're doing with your nutrition or no matter what anybody's plan or whatever or diets or whatever it is, I think it's important to at least be able to sit down as a family and have a meal because I always remember that whenever, like no matter what the fuck's going on, you know, we life was mad. It was a it was crazy, but we always would have tried to sit down and have dinner for for like together. And I still try and do that now, and I think that that's important. And I don't ever want to I don't ever want Harper to sort of start developing these like weird relationships with food because oh you know I'm eating different food or whatever else because you know kids are fucking absorbing everything. So it's important for us to be able to sort of set that example and. It's, it comes down to the fault and responsibility thing. Like it's not our fault for the stuff that we we've had to go through or learn or, you know, the way that we 
process or deal with food, but it's our responsibility to sort of pass on to the next generation that it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah, you know, I, I think when I was a kid, you know, my parents were always like, you need to finish what's on your plate, right? You know, always, you know, so if you get X portion size, you're eating all of that and you're not getting up until you, you finish it, right? And obviously times have changed, you know, it's really interesting. Um, You know, the, the other night, one of my kids comes up to me, he's like, dad, I'm hungry and it's like 8.30 at night. It's like, but I know cereal is not good for me to have at night. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have that. He's like, I'm like, well, okay. And anyways, no, but You're like, like, have you tried these Cheez-Its? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, he's like, Hey, what's, what's a good alternative, you know, to that since I'm hungry and stuff like that. I'm like, well, let's, let's focus a little bit on protein, you know, let's get, let's get a little sandwich going, you know? Um, you know, so I made him, I made him up a sandwich and everything else. He's like, that is way better than cereal anyway. So this is awesome. So, you know, like, you know, they, they start to pick up on those habits and things like that too, that will help them down the road, you know, as they start to go through this. And, you know, one thing that I never had, you know, I wasn't big into sports. I wasn't big into physical activity. You know, all these kids are in multiple sports. They're, you know, training to be athletic. You know, they, they recognize the importance of that, you know. So, you know, it's, it's been cool to see how different their lives are going to be versus how mine was just based off of, you know, what I've learned and I'm able to instill and teach them on this. Now, you know, I, do I, do I want them to sit there and work out six days a week when they're 12 years old. No, you know, like they need to be enjoying being a kid and things like that. But the small things that you can add on to those, you know, fundamental habits that they can then, you know, project into when they're in their adulthood, I think is, is the whole concept of being a parent, right? You know, if you're continuously overweight, you know, you're, you can't be there for your kids because you just have no energy. Um, you know, you're not enthusiastic about being even parenting, you know, that's not being a good parent, right? And I'm not saying, you know, please don't take that an offense if that that's you. I, that was me, you know, um, uh, you know, I was always there for my kids, but I was never energetic. I never, you know, sat there and played, you know, sports with them or those types of things. I never was involved in anything that was activity related. So, you know, obviously things like video games and those types of things, I was very actively involved <laughs> in with them. Um, but, uh, you know, again, being there for your kids and teaching them good principles is, is our whole purpose of, of, of being an adult. And I'll tell you, man, I feel like, as a society, we are losing the parenting aspects of things. You know, I see a lot of these kids that come to like basketball, for example, um, and they have no respect for adults. You know, they'll tell adults to go F off, you know, people that work at the facility that treat them like crap, you know, like, like kindness, you know, uh, respect for, for authority, respect for your, you know, uh, you know, for adults, you know, I feel like is going out of the window. And those are things that I think are fundamental things for us as parents. We have to continuously teach our kids uh, or else we're going to be running into some major problems with them down the road. They're not going to be successful. I mean, how are you going to be successful if you can't take direction from your boss? Well, I'm going to go start my own company and get rich off of Bitcoin. We'll, we'll go for it. Let's see how that works out for you. You know, um, so, you know, I think you have to look at it and say, realistically, you know, you have to be able to operate within some sort of societal confines of, of what is considered normalcy. Um, and I'm not saying that, that we can't, you know, break the barriers and do different things and, you know, and, 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 you know, create your own businesses and be an entrepreneur and all that stuff. That's absolutely doable, but you still have to work with people. And, you know, unless we're teaching those things to, to, um, to our kids as parents, we're not going to have successful kids. Yeah. I think, you know, there's definitely, there's a fine line with it because, you know, like you said, you want to be able to break boundaries and you want to be able to tell your kids that they can do whatever they want and achieve whatever they want. But at the same time, they need to be able to human and like you said interact with with other people and it's definitely you know there's a lot of of pressures that come with it but i think you know it's often times just thinking about the, the areas that 
you potentially felt like you lacked whenever you were younger or areas that you potentially felt that, that weren't there, but also the areas that were there and just sort of getting a combination of, of those. But yeah, I get what you mean about the sort of disrespect, the disrespect with kids and stuff like that. But I guess, you know, we just have to do the best we can with, with what we have. And I think if we sort of stick to, you know, fundamental values and whatever else and let them sort of work it out for themselves and it should be good. Yep. Well, I think I think parenting, parenting, 101. parenting, parenting 101. 101. Well, but but I think you know you go back to the broader sense of what we're trying to communicate in this this podcast is you know living a healthy lifestyle for longevity for your family for yourself for your confidence for your mental clarity. There's so many awesome aspects to this, and yeah, you know, I think you had mentioned Ben. You know, someone had said recently, I spent my entire life you know hacking into computers, but I never hacked my health. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I never focused on my health as as a, as a major priority. And, you know, those are the things that, that, you know, we have to look at in ourselves and say, you know, do we want to be around for a while? You know, do we want to live this life and continue to live our life in a way that we're continuously living or do we want to change that and, and live a better life? Right. And I think that's the opportunity that, that physical fitness and nutrition and these types of things that we don't want to hear, um, all make a huge impact in all those different aspects. And, you know, you, it's, it's the same type of mindset of, you know, if you interpret everything as negative, you're going to be a negative person, right? Um, if you surround yourself with positivity and you interpret things in a positive manner, you will be a positive person, right? And you know, I, I'll quote Mark Twain again, really quick here, because I'm on a Mark Twain kick. Um, but you know, anger is the acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than anything in which it is poured. You know, basically saying, hey, you know, the more angry you are with yourself, you know, and the more you spew that anger, the more you're going to hate yourself. Um, and, and I think that's true of, of, of the same type of issues that I ran into of the more that I was overweight, the more I disliked myself. Right. Um, and, and that's completely changed again, you know, uh, with this, with this whole journey and something that, that has given me a lot of confidence. I feel great. Um, it's one of those things that I, I can't even explain. So. Yeah. And I mean, for what it's worth, I think you've got a great voice, whether you like to listen back to yourself or not. <laughs> I, I've always been told I have a radio voice, so you know I I, uh, I remember I was I was actually playing a video game re- uh, like a year ago and like oh my gosh are you like an announcer for like the NBA I'm like, I'm like I think I should be that'd be kind of yeah. cool so, I, I, can, I can be I can be yeah yeah let's try let's try it hey so listen I'm quitting Infosec and I'm going to be an announcer for something I don't know what but it's going to be something cool with my voice but uh, no no uh, no I appreciate for that. the grocery bag you're going to be the grocery bag Olympics announcer grocery bag Olympics announcer that would be my dream job i literally would die and have gone to heaven i'm like oh my god he's got 72 bags let's go let's go let's go (laughs) yes so anyway to wrap up uh i don't really know what if we covered what we were going to cover but i think we covered a lot of good shit yeah me too man and uh you know hopefully hopefully you know these these podcasts for folks um are hitting in different areas you know we all go through different um journeys different struggles you know bouts of depression and everything else you know again our our topics with these are to keep you motivated, uh, to keep you focused on what's important, uh, and to hopefully give you some tips to, to keep you successful along the journey. And that's the reason why we do these. Exactly. And get at us on Twitter and Discord. Twitter, and Discord, all the places. Instagram, Facebook. I don't know where I'm going to be on Facebook. Can you cheat? <laughs> uh, I think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. We are. We are. All right. Um, but yes, everywhere at WeHackHealth, hashtag WeHackHealth. Somebody will have won something, I guess, when this comes out in terms of the giveaway. Um, and next week, if it all goes to plan, we're going to have a guest. 
Yep, absolutely. And uh, it's a Whoop band, right? A year subscription of Whoop? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's a cool, that's a cool gift. I think it's a good gift as well. I'm, I'm excited yeah. about it. As I Nobody wanted the now. supplements. Well, everyone wants this. I mean, people want supplements, but, you know, I think you want band is more? even cooler. Well, I, yeah. I would want one more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing at you saying about longevity of life. Like, I think if we both don't live to 137 years old, I'm going to email Redcon1 with a very explicit email. <laughs> list of, Fuck you guys. Your stuff doesn't work, man. You <laughs> promised me I was going to live to 130 years old. So and I'm taking all your products. Yeah. <laughs> I just ordered right. a bunch of Redcon1 shirts, though. So hopefully by next nice. week, I'll be yeah, wearing yeah. So the, yeah, the one I saw, that I I saw you in... lifting with one. I was jealous. So. Yeah. 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 It was nice. It's a good fit. The Miami, so I think it's just the Miami, Miami, Miami vice. vice. Yeah, 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 I ordered. I definitely ordered that, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, cool. Thank you very much, and I'll catch you next week. See you all.